No one likes to think about it, but preparing for the unexpected can give you some peace of mind now and protect your loved ones later. Today, we're going to talk about what you need to know about wills and choosing legal guardians for your kids. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. So heads up, this episode's topic and interview was planned and done before things changed these past few weeks due to COVID-19. I say this because I'm not trying to add to the anxiety. I do believe that if you are staying home and you're healthy, now would be a good time to take care of certain matters that maybe have been on the back burner because you haven't had much time. In taking care of your will, picking legal guardians for your children, and making sure your life insurance is all up to date, these are important. So I decided to stick with the schedule on this episode. There are many things we can't control. It can be empowering in a way to focus energy on the things we can. But when you're making a will or updating it, it may seem that it's too big of an issue to tackle. Today, I want to break it down into manageable chunks so that you can make some progress on that. Allison Cade from Fabric is here on the show today to decode and explain the essentials of how wills work. Whether you work with an attorney or use a service like Fabric to create your will, I want you to feel knowledgeable and confident. In this episode, we'll discuss why you need to plan now, some basic terminology every couple needs to know about wills, and how parents can prepare for the unexpected. Let's get started. When some people think of wills, they feel as if it's only for those who have a certain level of income or wealth, but a will can be a handy and necessary document for many couples and families. There are two main reasons that I see for wills in particular. So the first most obvious is it is a chance to pass down your literal stuff in case you died to the people that you care about. And a lot of people don't really feel the need to think about that if they are healthy and doing well. And, And also one of the things that I hear most often is I don't even have a lot of assets. Why should I bother? And I think that the response to that is, do you have a checking account? Do you have a savings account? Do you have a 401k at work? Those are assets. Uh, Additionally, you know, do you have something sentimental? You have your keyboard, your electric keyboard that you really want to pass down to your little brother because he loves it. I mean, that is a thing that you can designate in a will. But beyond that, one of the biggest reasons that people start thinking about wills and estate planning is when they have kids because a will is the main place where you can designate a legal guardian for your kid. So if nothing else, even if you are like, oh, I am not materialist, you know, give away my computer to whoever you want, the end. If you have a kid, I feel like it's very important to make a will so that you can state your wishes on who should take care of your child if you weren't around. I want to say about a year after we got married, we had a very basic will done. It was some software that you could sign up for. You knocked it out and we forgot it for many years. 
But when we became parents, we knew that we wanted to be very deliberate, very careful with how we plan things. And so we took a second look at the will. And honestly, it was a little overwhelming because of the terminology. The good news is you don't have to become an attorney to understand how wills work. So we're just going to tackle a few of these major terms today. And yes, I'm going to drop the disclaimer that this isn't legal advice. This is just for you to feel more comfortable expressing what you want in the will so it can better reflect what you too value and will want to have handled. In simplest terms, the executor is the person who does the stuff, right? So you say that you want to give that electric keyboard to your brother, but your brother lives in another state. How's that getting there? Who's, are you, are you mailing this keyboard? Who knows? The executor will figure out that weird stuff. You know, the beneficiary will, let's say, receive funds from whatever, you know, assets you have. Who is literally writing the check? That's the executor. Who is actually making sure that things are administered according to the will? Because as much as you can state your wishes, you're not around. Someone has to literally make sure that those wishes are fulfilled. That is the executor. And it can be a very stressful and challenging role. And I've actually seen it firsthand. So my husband was the executor of his grandmother's estate and other beneficiaries included his bajillion siblings. And so, and one of whom was under 21. So a trust had to be created, her name and administered. So he's the executor, but he ended up needing to also become the trustee of this trust that was only going to be active for a couple years. So so like all of these complicated things, he is just the guy who made the things happen. You know, he spoke to the lawyer, he dealt with the estate, a painting had to be brought from Texas to New York. He figured out who the movers would be, how that works, like the stuff. That's the executor. And another thing couples should consider when creating their wills is make sure that there aren't conflicts between the two documents. It is theoretically possible for couples to have one document to represent both of their wishes. Often people might recommend that you have two separate documents just in case there's like, what if you get divorced? Now both of you have to redo everything. Like it's often easier to like, what if one of you dies, but it's actually a joint will. It can often be easier to have two separate documents, but you want to make sure that they're aligned. So let's say my husband and I had two different wills that said two totally different things and we both died together. But my will says that all of our stuff goes to my sister and his will says that all of our stuff goes to his sister. A court is going to have to duke it out because our wills don't agree and they conflict. So one way to help make things easier after you're gone and resolve potential strife is to make sure that your wills match each other. And so this concept, if you have a will that is pretty much the same and aligned on your choices, except it has you know, each of your names on it, is often called a mirror will. And so my main experience with this is is through Fabric, which offers a free online will. And one of the options that Fabric offers is a mirror will. So I found that even in my case too, there's often one spouse who's like a little bit the ringleader, i.e. I was like, okay, we're making wills and I make the will first. And then I sort of forced my husband to do it. And in this case, with a tool such as Fabric, I could make my will, choose all the choices, and then I could create a mirror version for my husband that swaps out our names. If he's my beneficiary, it makes me his. Like it does that swap in an intelligent way, but everything else is the same. So his choice for who should take care of our daughter is the same as mine, et cetera. 
Now he obviously has to buy in. I can't make a will without his consent. So that reflects the fact that we need to have a conversation. He has to sign it himself, but it saves time. And also importantly, it kind of forces us to level with each other and make sure that we're aligned. Talking about money is always a plus in my book. So if you haven't already, make it one of your money dates where you don't have to bring out the legal stuff, but talk about some of those main points. Just opening up the conversation may allow you to see where you guys sync up really easily and if there's some things that you need to hash out. And if you have kids, you have a big decision ahead of you, which is deciding who do you want to take care of the kids should something happen to us? At the most basic level, I think you can start by thinking about who will raise your child in a way that aligns with yours. So who will give your child the kind of life that you want your kid to have, whether that's most similar to how you would have done it, or just perhaps you can imagine them being part of that family and having a good life. I think that layers beyond that include, frankly, who wants your kid? So it's often very flattering to be asked, but having these conversations can reveal interesting things. So for example, I chose my sister as my daughter's legal guardian because she already has a child. And I like the idea of, you know, my daughter growing up with her son and, you know, they would be pseudo siblings. They already have a family life. Uh, my daughter already has a relationship with my sister. So that's something also to think about. What is the child's relationship to this person? Uh, but there's a world in which I could have asked her and she could have said, yeah, I mean, oh, my son's a handful, but I guess. And maybe there was some, she didn't say that, but she could have. And then there's a chance that someone else in your life could surprise you that perhaps they don't have kids and it's revealed they have a lot of space in their life and would love to take on this responsibility. So I think, who do you most envision as frankly doing a good job and who can take on that role in terms of space in their life and commitment and who is your child most connected to as well? This is definitely a discussion you don't want to rush. So sit down and talk about what are the most important things for a potential guardian to do or have and then come up with the list. And when you can talk with the potential guardian or guardians you're thinking about, about your wishes to see if things mesh up well. And if you are parents and you do have some assets that you want to pass on to your children, you may think about setting up a trust which can be a bit confusing if you're not familiar with how they work. So, and again, I should say I'm not a lawyer. Talk to a lawyer for your own individual situation, et cetera, et cetera. But at the most basic level, a will dictates who your assets should go to and a trust can dictate how those assets should be passed. So, for example, if I wanted to dictate that my daughter should not be able to, so she can inherit my assets but not touch them till she's 30, a will alone can't do that. You would need a trust to do that. If I wanted to put in what's known as a spendthrift clause, let's say I want to pass on assets to someone who I kind of think maybe is irresponsible or has addiction issues, that might give me the ability to dictate how they can access the money, what they can use it for. It lets me put someone else in charge. It is a layer of complexity that isn't always required across the board, but in many cases it makes sense, especially if you are passing money down to children. 
So I hope these explanations make creating and updating your will much easier. And I do want to point out how important it is to update your will. Circumstances change and you want to make sure that your will reflects the people that you want to take care of and the assets that you want to pass on to them. Everything can be updated and changed over time. So my sister is four years older than I am and I'm pretty quite certain that I remember conversations in which most of our childhood, our aunt was our legal guardian in the will if something happened to my parents. But when my sister went to college and was over 18, I was already in high school and there was a conversation in which I'm pretty sure that for about four years there, my sister was my legal guardian in the will because they were like, look, we got, we have a responsible kid. She's not like, my sister is not the kind of kid who's going to blow all this cash at 18. She's the kind of kid who will step up and take care of her little sister. So they made that change. And you can always update based on the actual people and their actual circumstances. This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to focus on some key takeaways I got from talking with Allison and preparing this episode. The first one is planning ahead makes a tough situation easier and can give you and your loved ones some peace of mind. Look, I understand no one is excited to write up a will or to get their life insurance set up or to choose those guardians. But isn't it better to know that you did what you could? And the second takeaway is something that comes up with finances, but it is especially true here. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. As Allison pointed out, you can always update your will with your wishes. So having something up today that reflects your current feelings and situation can be a blessing for you and your family. And then if things change, because that's life, you can always update it. But having something now can be a huge help. And then for the money tip for the week, it's probably to no one's surprise at all. It is get started on your plan, whether it's figuring out how much life insurance you should get or coming up with a rough draft will that you're both happy with or making that list of potential guardians. Try tackling it sooner rather than pushing it off. And if you'd like to chat more about taking care of life insurance or wills or just knocking things out on your financial to-do list, please join us in our free and private Facebook group, Thriving Families, where they're supporting one another out. We share stories, tips, and advice on things that's worked for us. And if you have any questions, we love having discussions about this. We're over at couplemoney.com FB. We hope to see you there. Special thanks for Allison for being a part of the show. If you're thinking about getting started, whether it's planning your will or making sure you have enough life insurance, Fabric has handy tools to get you there. Just visit couplemoney.com fabric. As always, I'm going to have links in the show notes as well as resources we mentioned during our chat, including some bonuses over in Couple Money. And just a heads up, if you already subscribed to the podcast, great. If you're subscribed to the newsletter, that's fantastic because I'm going to be doing some special shorter episodes that are focused on you and your questions. Right now, a lot of people are wondering, how do I manage my finances for the next few months? Is there anything different that I need to do? I'd love to answer your questions or find an expert that can tackle it. 
This week on the newsletter, I shared a chat that I did with Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids, and Money about how the two of you can reprioritize right now your budget to make sure that you're on more solid financial ground. We took a question from someone in the community about which bills to pay and when. So if you're already subscribed to the community newsletter, go ahead and check that out. And if you haven't, just go to couplemoney.com slash join. I don't have the answers for everything, but I do want to make sure that at least with your finances, you have that set up to ride out through the tough times. And finally, I want to say thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. I really want to help out. I hope you have a great week. Take care.